a life, you know, it's going to throw so many things at you, but you ultimately make the choice to come out stronger on the other side. Welcome to the She Shines podcast with your hosts, brand photographer and serial entrepreneur, Anna Laura, and super proud career woman with a passion for entrepreneurship, Alex. Tune in for some connection, community, and girl talk. Plus, join their conversations with other entrepreneurs and professionals who've been there, built that, and are paying it forward. They'll take your burning questions and turn them into actionable steps with a glass of champagne in hand. Here we go. Welcome back to the She Shines podcast. If you tuned in to our last episode, you got to hear all the, well, I feel like that we still just skimmed the surface on the things that make up Alex. Um, you really got to hear more of her story. I know there's so much more to what makes you, you, but thank you again for sharing all the insight with our community. We feel that by sharing our stories, we're allowing everyone to open up and share a little more and really bring our community even closer. So thank you again, Alex. You are so welcome. And yes, Ryan will tell you there's not enough time in the day to listen to all the things I have to say. Or my story. So if you would like to know more or you have any questions about last week's episode, please do not hesitate to slide into the DMs or shoot me an email. This might be a PSA, but take it for what it's worth. Um, something that would that's happened to us literally every single year is someone wishes us a happy Memorial Day. And this is so not the topic I know about background stories and overcoming things. That phrase, happy Memorial Day, like think about what this day really stands for. Because for, for many of us out here, every day is Memorial Day. You know, we're constantly reflecting on the times missed or things we wish we could have more of. You know, you can celebrate. We certainly want to celebrate our freedoms because of, you know, the men and women who have fought so selflessly and, and made the ultimate sacrifice. That's what this day is about. And just know what you're celebrating, why you're celebrating it. So maybe just think a little deeper before <laughs> saying Happy Memorial Day. Thank you for letting me. I'm stepping on my soapbox now. No, thank you for sharing. And I, I don't think a lot of people know that. So that that's a great thing to share, especially as we, we drop this episode around Memorial Day. I'm excited to interview you today and get to know a little bit more about your story and fill in the gaps of the things that I don't know. I don't know. I feel like you know so much. Like, I'm pretty. I'm. I'm pretty open. I think about a lot of things. Well, we're gonna find out today. I feel like we're on that like uh, newlywed game show. What's their favorite color? <laughs> I'm like we're both holding up a card, but can't see the answer. What farm did she grow up on? <laughs> I think after this episode airs, like the the world will be able to play that game yes, with us. Probably. We'll all be That's right. That's a fact. <laughs> that is a fact. <laughs> So, Anna Laura, tell us about you. Who are you? Where are you from, girl? Let's go. 
All right. So you you know that I grew up on a farm in Arkansas. My dad was a third or fourth generation farmer. So long line of Arkansas farmers in my family, uh, which I know is the complete opposite of where Alex <laughs> grew up in Flushing, Queens. So I, I was a farm girl, grew up in a super small town. And I'm the youngest of three, so I have two older brothers. And really, when I look back on my childhood, I feel like it's totally picturesque. I mean, we would like jump on our horses and we'd be gone like all day. And we'd, we'd always call it going on an adventure. We'd always say in the morning, like wake up and be like, do you want to go on an adventure? And that's what we would do. And so being able, I think, to, to spend my childhood like that was it fostered so much more creativity and, you know, ideas and this you know, ability to explore freely and openly. And, you know, my brothers and I were all pretty close, even though I'm I'm younger than them and I was a sister, so I was probably super annoying, <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> to them. Just always wanted to play. And as we got older, we all became even closer. And then they went off to college and uh, spent about the next year or two more or less in a in a depressive state there wasn't a whole lot of kids my age I felt like I could really connect with. I mean there were definitely some they're amazing amazing people but for me personally like I said I'm super creative I just always kind of felt like an outsider and it, being a teenager it just in general is pretty hard right so you know my parents they, they saw me, I, w- I would come home from school and I would literally watch Golden Girls. Honestly, <laughs> I think Golden Girls were my closest friends <laughs> as someone in, in junior high or senior high. And uh, middle of 10th grade, w- my parents and I, we made a pretty hard decision, but one that I'm so grateful for. And that was for my mom and me to move. Now, mind you, my, my parents were still together. They'd been married 26 years at that point. But they, they had been going through some things for a, about a year, but it looked like they were coming out stronger on the other side of it. And when my mom and I moved, again, it was middle of my 10th grade year, about a month into my move to this new school, I just started. I was, you know, brand new. I'd never moved before in my life. I had traveled very little at that point. And this is all just like an eye-opening experience. I'm moving to a place where no one knows my brothers. No one knows me as... Tyler's little sister, Daniel's little sister, you know, no one's comparing me to anyone else but myself. But about a month into this move, my parents actually filed for divorce. And being the only one at home, it was it was really hard, like having to go home some days. And so I really threw myself into into drama and choir, which are things I didn't have at, at my other school. It was really just such an amazing creative outlet. And it's something I'm so grateful for. And, and my grandpa to this day, he swears that after making this move and after jumping into this new school, despite how disrupted things have become at home that I physically stood taller he's like you carry your shoulders back and you know you stand tall and proud and you know I think finally being able to step out from what I felt were my brother's shadows at the time I really think it you know biggest lesson that I feel like I learned through all of this was that I was so much stronger I wasn't just the little sister I wasn't just you know, the youngest child or whatever. I was so much stronger and more capable than 
than I had ever really honestly given myself credit for <laughs> ever in the past. Yeah, I love that you you talked about finding your strength. And you also, I feel like went through that at a really young age, which mm-hmm. is a, a beautiful lesson to be able to learn and take with you as you get older and kind of grow into an adult. But dealing with you know, the depression and moving and trying to find essentially who you are outside of those other identities that you have mm-hmm. had really, I well, not to use two words, right? Identities you identified with, but the two other personas, I guess, your, your brothers, right? And now being on your own and having this new opportunity, but then now having to deal with kind of getting knocked down with the news of your parents' divorce is so difficult, such a difficult thing to go through, especially at a young age. But I mm-hmm. I love how you were able to really turn that into this lesson of learning exactly how strong you are, how capable you are, and that those struggles that we go through while they seem really horrible at the time and that there's no end really change us for for the better right Mm -hmm. absolutely so you're off to college now we're we're hitting the fast forward button love it (laughs) and you're in another new city which you will find out is a common theme in Anna Laura's life as you get to listen to us and learn who we are So tell us what's next on the timeline, as I'm sure college and a new city brings many changes and many lessons. Oh, yes. Many, many changes indeed. Many lessons to be learned here. I thought that I was going into college. I was like... You know, my my parents were finally on the mend. Like, we were at least able to, like, all move me into my college dorm and then go out to eat, just the three of us. So I really thought that things were on the up and up. Rewinding, I guess, a little bit, both of my brothers had attended the United States Military Academy at West Point. And my oldest brother, Tyler, uh, he graduated in 2007. And this is now 2009 I'm off to college and uh, he was he had deployed shortly after my high school graduation so he was about five months into his first deployment to Afghanistan it was two weeks into to my freshman year we got news that he had been killed in action and as you can imagine that just what you know my, my family we were finally on the mend but we weren't fully healed mm-hmm. and it just kind of shattered every everything else um that remained of of like you know my, my parents and anyways it was just it wasn't a pretty picture at the time and you know this is now what 10 11 years ago um and I'm able to see now I said this at the time you know people would always come to me after after we lost him they would tell me god never gives you anything more than you can handle and I would always say that's a lie. <laughs> that is untrue. So please stop saying that um, because it's absolutely more than I could ever handle. And we talked about this a little bit with, you know, in your last episode too, you really come to rely not only on your own strength, but the strength of others. Faith is a, a big part of my life. So it is something I'll be talking about. But, you know, God really put people in my path 
during that time and many years later and even today, you know, there's always somebody showing up big that I look back on and I'm like, wow, you know, there was definitely a, a reason for that person coming into my life in that way at that time. And it's it's something I'm so grateful for. But, you know, the whole idea that you never get anything that you can't handle. No, like that's, <laughs> that's not true. That's total BS. I'm sorry. Life, you know, it's going to throw so many things at you, but you ultimately make the choice to come out stronger on the other side. Um, I was listening to a podcast and this guy was talking about a caterpillar. So a caterpillar, he said, was spending, it spends days, not minutes, not hours, but days, which is a lot in a bug's life, <laughs> pushing itself out of a, a tiny, tiny hole in its cocoon. So it doesn't like, you know, wake up one day, unzip the cocoon and poof, out comes a butterfly, right? Like it's, it doesn't happen that easily, that smoothly. It it creates a tiny hole for itself and over the course of several, several days, pushes, pushes and pushes itself out of this tiny hole and the hole gets a little bigger, a little bigger and finally one day bursts forth a beautiful butterfly, right? All that struggle, all that pushing, all that resistance, it builds the strength in the wings, you know, and that's like what the most beautiful part of a (laughs) butterfly, right? Is, is that, and that is literally made up of a butterfly strength. You know, it comes to be one of the most magnificent creatures, but if it didn't go through that struggle, it would come out shriveled and weak and it wouldn't be able to fly so I, I think you're given so much more than you in, in your life. You're given so much more than you can handle in order to build up that, that strength and build up that resistance. And that was definitely one of the biggest lessons I learned after losing my brother and seeing the, the aftermath of my family and, and what, you know, we had to go through and are still honestly going through it. It's not something we'll ever... You know, you th- you always have like a scar, um, but it's not it's it's not how it was back then, and that's mm-hmm. something I'm grateful for. Time really does heal so much, and it's healed so much in my family's relationships. And I, I love my family. If there's anything you need to know about me, I friggin' love my family. <laughs> we went through it, but again, all that struggle and that resistance really makes us come out stronger in so many ways on the other side of things. Yeah, thank you so much for for sharing that story. I know it's not an easy one to share, but also I know you've just touched so many people who needed to hear that important lesson and needed to hear your story. So thank thank you. you. I love you. I love you. (laughs) (laughs) You Something else too I want to hit on really quick, you know, other other than giving things that you can't handle, the biggest lesson I feel like I learned through all that was a super cliche one, but it's really one that's driven like the rest of my life's direction is that life is too short to be fearful of trying. Like, you know, my resume at this point has made like three giant pivots and I moved like playing ping pong with the United States at this point. <laughs> like these changes weren't done on a whim. Like they're all carefully planned. But, you know, after losing Tyler, really deciding to just say, you know what, screw it. I'm going to do it. <laughs> like, this is, I've got one life. Like, why not make that move? Why not throw my phone at this guy because I think he's cute and mm-hmm. say, hey, give me your number. And oh, he turned into my husband several <laughs> years later. But, you know, like, why not just try it? Um, and so far, I've, 
most of it has worked out pretty well. <laughs> you yes. Know, it's, it's definitely helped open my eyes to like new opportunities and definitely made me think a whole lot bigger. Yes. I, I love that you said that. And also going back to your Caterpillar reference before, mm-hmm. I really enjoyed that. And I think even though at that time in your life, we were both going through a different struggle, you learning to to deal with with the emotion and kind of who you mm-hmm. were going to be and and learning that, you know, I know I've been given more right now that I can mm-hmm. handle at this current point, but with time, I will see the lesson and I will heal. And I think that important lesson in time, it taking years and years, you know, mm-hmm. and like I said, we both have, have different struggles, but I think we both have learned that it takes time (laughs) to actually get to that point where you want to be Mm -hmm. but then guess what ladies something else might happen but now you've been equipped with that lesson and you're you're more prepared for for the next go around so so talking about these new opportunities and and thinking big let's dive into a, a a major part of your life because it's it's ultimately what led you to to the Shine Studio and mm-hmm. She Shines, right? And yeah. and kind of where we met along both of our journeys. But but let's talk about this this brand new big opportunity in your life <laughs> and how it's how, how you started and how it really shaped who you are today. Yeah. So after after college, I went to grad school in South Carolina, and where I got my master's in speech pathology. And I had been convinced as I was like 16, 17 years old that the rest of my life I'm going to be a speech therapist. I picked that major and I ran with it through college and, and grad school. But honestly, the first day of grad school, I showed up and I was like, you know, I don't think I could do this the rest of my life. <laughs> but I didn't know what I was going to do after. And I was like, well, I've come this far. I might as well finish. And, you know, worked my booty off for it. <laughs> if you listen to Alex's episode, you know that grad school ain't easy for a speech therapist. And mm-hmm. um, But I, I had known going into it, I probably wanted to work with kids. And so after graduation, from grad school, I moved to San Antonio, and that's where my husband was stationed, fiance at the time. He was also an officer in the Army, and when <laughs> I started my job, I had applied to every private practice in San Antonio. I kid you not. Every private practice, no one would accept an intern, because believe course. it or not, after you graduate <laughs> with your master's, you're still an intern. Yes. And you, and you don't get a job right away either, even though you have this higher degree. <laughs> so, you know, I'm not bitter. It's fine. I applied to literally every private practice, got rejected by all of them because they didn't have a supervisor available. Like, they're all tiny private practices. And so I was like, all right, well, I just got to take what I can get. So there was a contract position that opened up at a school district, and I was like, well, if if I can get the elementary school, I'll do it. (laughs) But day of the interview, because I'm a new intern who can't find a job, when they ask me, what population do you prefer to work with? I said, I don't care, any of them. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) So little old me, 
gets to work by herself at the high school. Oh my so gosh. four days a week, I am alone at a high school in San Antonio. And one day a week, I'm at the elementary school with my supervisor. So I'm like off on an island most days out of the week. High schoolers are no joke either. I remember working in high school. I'm like, why are you all bigger than me? <laughs> yes. Yes. And I'm a tall gal, yes. but I'm still like looking up to half of my half of my pa- my clients at that point or patients, whatever they're called, students. Um, and it was, it takes a special soul to, to work in a high school and I was not that soul. So I ended up crying pretty much every day going into work. And my husband, we were now married, or no, we we're still engaged at that time. I take that back. He just really encouraged me to find something, like literally anything outside of work to focus on because he was like so... Like, it made him sad to see me crying every day going to work. Oh, my God. Him and Ryan, if they knew each other at the time, they probably would have had a field day talking they about their crying girlfriends. <laughs> I mean, literally, though, it was every day. And, you know, through his encouragement, I, I was like, well, I, I got to do something different. And a few years back, I had seen my sister-in-law uh, do a fitness competition, a bikini fitness competition. So, no, we're not like Arnold Schwarzenegger or anything, like, you know, giant bodybuilders. Like, if you met me, you know <laughs> that is not <laughs> like something I think my body is ever capable of naturally. And so I wanted to do something like that, but I wasn't totally sold on the idea of doing a bikini fitness competition because it's so far out of like the realm of possibility that I thought at the time of anything I could do, right? You know, I, I told you earlier when I was in high school how I'd become depressed and I would watch Golden Girls all the time and all that. Well, my family didn't understand at the, that time that I was depressed. It wasn't until, until years later that my mom was like, you you were. That <laughs> was a depression. They thought I was just being lazy. <laughs> so that was the story I had throughout, you know, my teenage years was that physically I'm lazy. Even though I played sports and I was super active, I was given the story and I accepted the story that physically I'm lazy. So by by 2017 or 2016, I don't even remember what year it was, I'd really just had it with that story and wanted to get out of my own way, do something totally off the charts wild. And you know what? I'm going to do this bikini fitness competition. Never a pageant girl by any means. I thought they were so <laughs> silly. I just didn't understand the point. Pageant girls out there, I get you now. I understand. Because um, it's really about like getting out of your own way and, you know, getting the heck out of my comfort zone for me. And during that time, I really learned to set, not just set goals. Like, I didn't think I could set and achieve a goal, like finish it out. But over time, I learned not only to set them, but to visualize those goals coming true and like actualize them. So by the time, you know, several months of training had gone by and several months of visualization had gone by, like me winning that trophy and being able to like hold it over my head and be like, yeah, I did it. By the time I stepped on stage and we're in six inch heels, right, (laughs) I... I, it wasn't as nerve-wracking as I expected it to be. I felt like I'd done it so many times before. And so then they announced me as the winner, and, and I was Miss Bikini Fitness New England. Yes! And it was so cool. Like, it was. it sounds silly because, again, it's a pageant. It is strictly based on your looks. Like, you know, it... it probably in some ways you could argue is like the most like or the least feminist thing I could ever have done right is parade around so a tiny sparkly what you're bikini. saying is you're strong and beautiful <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's like it's based on like your physique, right? <laughs> and and like that's what the the fitness portion mm-hmm. is of it. But I, I learned that the limitations others set on you or the limitations that you yourself set on you are something that you can either choose to receive or choose to reject as true. Like you literally get to decide what you want to be true about yourself. So if you tell yourself you're an introvert, you're awkward around people, you're not a, you're not a speaker, guess what? Your brain doesn't know any different. It just tells you what you're programming it to believe. And so, you know, it's, it's like a computer, like an algorithm. Like if you search a bunch of cat videos or dog videos on Instagram, like what's going to come up? It's going to be all the dog videos, right? It's going to be more and more dog videos. So if you tell yourself you're lazy, you're lazy, you're lazy, then you're not going to move past that. But if you tell yourself, you know what? Maybe I'll try to not be lazy. <laughs> Maybe I'll try to set a goal. Maybe I'll try to do something out of my comfort zone. And you know what? I'm not lazy. I am I am strong. I am capable. I can set goals. I can achieve them. And that really just opened up so many doors afterwards for me mentally that I, you know, in the past I felt like I was I'd become physically strong. I'd become emotionally strong like all those other circumstances, but now I really felt physically strong and you know, it just all finally fell into alignment and you know, after this competition, I went on to become a certified personal trainer and a certified health coach and I jumped full-fledged into my network marketing business and really that's how I connected with you. Fun fact, I don't know if I've ever told you that you might have known, like when I had my fitness program, it was actually called the Shine Studio. So when I was trying to figure out a name for my photography business later down the road, I was like, well, I'll just rebrand the Shine Studio into photography. It totally works. I don't think I knew that. <laughs> I remember following you and seeing different things on your, it was either like your YouTube or your website that was like Shine rise like yeah it was always like find your shine so it's like I definitely want to stick with something like that because still like that mission of really helping women at that point you know women find their shine physically I also wanted to help them find their shine like in front of the lens and you know really showcase their business and be proud of who they are and what they stand for And like I said, like through all this crazy, like it kind of more or less started with the fitness competition where I was like, I can set a goal and I can do it. Yes, I'm going (laughs) to keep doing it. And really, that's how you and I met. And, you know, because of of the network marketing business, I, I fell back in love with creativity and photography, social media, site design. And then, you know, the rest is really history after that. Like we said before, if you tune into episode two, you know more of our backgrounds and kind of how this all weaves together more. But really, you just don't ever know where your next endeavor or your next idea or your next biz bestie is going to come from. So taking those opportunities when you can and not limiting yourself. Yeah. One super important thing that you touched on was taking these old narratives that either we are told about ourselves or we start believing about ourselves Mm -hmm. and finally waking up one day and deciding to flip the script on that narrative and Mm -hmm. finally saying, oh, wait, why was I believing that for so long? I'm not this person. I'm actually this person. So I love how you touched on that because I think 
throughout all of our lives, we are all dealing with different types of narratives, whether, you know, it's financial or dealing with confidence or relationships and something we will constantly go through. But to be able to have that self-awareness that this narrative is not serving me, this is something that I I really need to shift, Mm -hmm. comes with dealing with messes in your life and getting over those messes. So don't get discouraged if you are feeling stuck, ladies, or if you're really feeling like you're living in the thick of this mess. Mm -hmm. It all comes with time and experience experience of being messy and and getting getting through that and and taking the narrative of yourself that you don't like that is not resonating with you and and making those little actions like Anna Laura setting those goals telling yourself the opposite to shift that narrative and mm-hmm. and take you to a a newer place in your life. So I really, I just really love that you said that because I think it's so relatable for for everyone on their personal and professional journeys. Absolutely. And and something else too, I kind of left this out earlier, but it is something I want to kind of go back and and touch on is, you know, I kind of feel like I, I jumped from like, you know, I lost my brother, but here's like all the lessons. There was so much mess during that time. And it wasn't just for a month after. It wasn't just for a year after. For me, I spent about four to five years putting my family's health and well-being above my own. I didn't deal with losing my brother for about five years after we lost him. It wasn't until I was in grad school, stressed out of my mind, had TMJ and just like started like not sleeping well. Like all this stuff developed physically because I wasn't dealing with my own emotions. I wanted to make sure my family was okay. And it's the whole, during that time, I really learned like the the oxygen mask principle. You have to take care of yourself first before you can take care of others. Put that oxygen mask on yourself first so that you can better care for others. After losing Tyler, had I known to take care of my own well-being, grieve in my own way fully instead of just jumping into caretaker mode and it was easier for me to, to deal with their emotions and instead of experiencing my own. Had I known to flip that and take care of myself first, I, I sometimes wonder, you know, you can't go back and you can't change anything But moving forward, I I just know now to do things differently. And I think as women, that's something especially we are more susceptible to is just constantly putting others' needs, whether it's our husbands, our kids, our, um, you know, if you're a caretaker in your profession like Alex as a speech therapist, putting your clients and your patients first, you know, nurses, teachers, all of us, there's always someone that we might feel guilty if we put ourselves first, but you're actually doing them more of a, a favor. And I know we've all heard self-care isn't selfish. And that's mm-hmm. so true. And that, that comes in so many ways, whether it's your, like I said, dealing with your own grief, dealing with your own joy, just like processing your own emotions and, and really reflecting on them. And then being able to lead others through them is actually a more productive, more beneficial way. So if you're going through something right now, I just really want to encourage you to take a step back. You you can deal with it for yourself first.
It's your turn now, girlfriends. We want you to join in on our conversation by hopping on your stories. Share with us what you're working through or a lesson maybe that you've had to learn the hard way to help another queen in our community. So be sure to tag us at SheXShines when you share. And when you're done listening to this episode, go ahead and leave us a rating or a review. We thrive off of your comments. We want to know what you're thinking, what you want to hear more of, and we'll go on and send you a virtual cheers. So in the meantime, we will catch you on the next episode and keep shining. Thank you so much for joining us on the She Shines podcast. Before you go, be sure you subscribe so you don't miss out on the next episode. Plus, we would love to hear what you enjoyed most. So share a takeaway and be sure to tag us at SheXShines. And lastly, please take a sec to leave a thoughtful review or pass this episode on to someone you feel could use it. Until next time, keep shining. Cheers, girlfriend.